Yep. Beer in. Just going to throw a little <laughs> rhythm in there. Little spice. <laughs> um, okay. Um, in three, two... Welcome back to the Alfredo's Podcast, official podcast of Digital and Creative Media Works, where each week we take some from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Ben. And we, this month, are talking about things that have meaning and things that have some depth to them um, in anticipation of BoJack Season 5 <laughs> oh, coming yeah, out. Oh, yeah, that's the, the only final, reason we're doing this. <laughs> like, pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The final season of BoJack is coming out September 17th, hmm. um, uh, which is good, because that means I have, like, two weeks to play that new Spider-Man game before I lose my <laughs> I will gonna, to live. I was going to say, that also um, came out this... That but, comes out the 7th. But I don't have a um, PS4. So. I do. So it's, it's, it's down there. It's primed. Um, yeah, it's primed and ready. Today. I've got... I've got the um, the pre-download primed and oh, ready yeah. to go when it goes online. You've preloaded it. Um, and I'm probably just going to do that all week. So I'm yes. glad that BoJack is like after, <laughs> after that. that. I've, got, I've got time yeah. to like get Digest. sad about Spider-Man and yeah. then come back and be sad about exactly. BoJack. Um, but kind of what we've done this week is we've dug up uh, an old gem that started as a cult movie classic and has become like recognized as like a genuine classic. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. And we'll kind of touch on that as we go through um, the the kind of some of my research turned up some interesting stuff about this film, uh, because this week we we're talking about the meaning of a Donnie Darko. Donnie Dark the boy Darko. I have a fun fact before we get started. About <laughs> fun fact. My experience with this film. The oh, first okay. time I saw it was at your house. I find that interesting. Was yeah. it? That would it have been like two thousand. Yeah, that would have been like 2014, 2015. Um, it when I was dating a certain person. I think it was during she was, high school. Yeah, because she was yeah. the reason I saw it for the first time. I think it was way time. earlier than that. I think it was like twenty eleven. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Twenty eleven. Oh, uh, it must have been twenty twelve. Twenty eleven. It was either really early. Or Sorry, yeah, not twenty. Well into university. <laughs> No, it, was, it would have been early. Yeah. Because um, I, Donnie Darko, yeah, I got introduced to that film. Yeah, because we, we watched this at your place and it was one of the first films that like, um, I was, I was intensely interested in understanding why I had an emotional reaction to it. Um, and I want to read this quote from, so Richard Kelly is the director. Yeah. Um, and he's been, so it's been 15 years since the film came out and he's been asked repeatedly like why he thinks it was successful. And he said, quote, all the movies that I make will always be set in very fucking bird that's like right next door noisy minor uh quote all the movies i make will always be set in a very specific timeline with a date stamp and a timestamp because i need that specificity of a world where the characters exist so if anything the fact the film continues to resonate with contemporary teenagers to me is a reminder that the more things change the more they stay the same these things that teenagers have to confront these painful things that adolescents face a boy becoming a man a girl becoming a woman these thresholds of adolescence they're never going away So if the narrative can transcend the timeline, then that's a function of the narrative, and it means it speaks to real human experience that's complicated, funny, and frightening, and all those things. And that was from Richard Kelly, the director. And he was 24 when he made this. What? Which is insane. What? I'm 23. I'm wasting my life. He came out of film school and he made this. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It does look like a film out of film school. (laughs) Well, there's a few things about this film that I find 
like completely intriguing from like a creation perspective, which we'll touch on without like because I think what we want to talk about is the film itself, but I think it's yeah. important to acknowledge how the film came together. So he basically <laughs> had the idea for the film and the script pretty much already finished. Right. And he did his original cut and it was terrible. <laughs> it was just a nonsense yeah. mess and like it explained all the time travel elements and all that sort of thing. It was just very heavy-handed and nonsense. And the right. editor who came in and his cinematographer were the people who were kind of able to rein him back in and say, no, this has to be consumable. So they, they made the time travel stuff much more ambiguous. Well, um, yeah, because the, the minimal research I did was mm-hmm. mainly just into the difference between the two versions. Um, yes. And my God, I'm glad I didn't watch the director's cut. Sounds terrible. Sounds horrible. I mean, even the fact that it... So as a brief summary of the plot, because I think it's important to understand what we're talking about. Sure. Uh, basically, we joined Donnie Darko on this hill... Uh, where he wakes up, um, and he he narrowly avoids being killed by this jet this jet plane engine that, that lands. just lands and what? No, so he wakes up. The film just opens with him going home. Mm-hmm. He's on the hill. The the like the next day, the yeah he he gets woken up by like a a voice in his head. Yeah, and a, that's and a six yes. foot tall bunny. Yeah, and he goes outside and follows him, falls asleep in a golf course. Yeah. And then go, and then there, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's like yeah. the opening right. is he's just on it's the hill, just, yeah, right. But Which the, the implication is that was, but yeah, that so. he's just like he sleepwalks. Yeah. Like that's the, that. The basic premise of the story itself is that uh, Donnie Darko, a young teenager uh, who is schizophrenic, is on new medication and finds himself hallucinating a six foot tall man in a rabbit costume called Frank. Uh, and Frank encourages him to do increasingly dangerous things. And at the same time, uh, he begins a relationship with the girl that he barely knows, the new girl in school. Uh, and the surrealist sort of um, followings on of this is an exploration of time travel. Uh, Donnie tries to work out whether or not things are actually happening or they're part of his schizophrenia. And the ultimate sort of... The the, the crux of the story is uh, Donnie is able to look at look through a wormhole and understand that uh, the jet engine time traveled from when it destroys his house later in the story. Uh, and he decides that uh, the events that are set in motion that result in his girlfriend's death, he can prevent if he just lets himself be killed by the jet engine. And in the end, he sacrifices himself and dies to save his girlfriend, even though she would never have known him, given that he dies. Yeah. That's kind of the global overview. There's some stuff in there as well where, like, um, he goes into the basement of a pedophile and discovers the man's a pedophile and, you know... Is well, to- he... Another correction. He burns down the house of the pedophile and in the process of them, of the firefighters investigating the fire they find the basement full of child yes, pornography yes exactly he doesn't he just sets the house on fire and it's just it's just a coincidence it's just a bidding you found a pedophile yeah. and then the end the, after that we learn a lot more about that character yeah and you know jim so, cunningham exactly <laughs> so when i rewatched this last night i was expecting to i remember this <clears throat> film being complicated but not necessarily complex like i remember the narrative being complicated i remember it being yeah just like another kind of like fight club just mindfuck it, kind of film. It it's very pseudo intellectual. Like I can see why it attracts teenagers um, in the yeah. nicest way possible. Um, it's, there's it's, there's some um there's some goodwill hunt goodwill hunting vibes in there as well mm. with the sort of the the misunderstood genius the, trope. Yes, I, I th- and like especially him when he's talking to his physics teacher, like that's just ripped straight out of Goodwill Hunting. We'll touch on that in a minute because I want to start with just some of the basic like ideas that are expressed in the subtext, and then we can get to like. The references why the, to why this film makes you think think you're smart when you yeah. watch it because that's kind of the trick of this film is it um, it makes you think that the time travel is really cool and interesting but in the process lures you into being interested in the love story right um, which I think like a lot of you know if you talk to a lot of people in the film industry now I imagine 
particularly like 30 to 40 year olds this was a film that when it came out sparked their interest in cinema so i'm curious to wonder how many people accidentally got got sucked into caring about a female character <laughs> suckers <laughs> yeah um yeah so the the biggest note i had was that it makes you feel smart by introducing the time travel element but ironically um the same trick that the film plays on you which is to make you think that you're smart by thinking making you think you understand this time travel thing is also the same trick that frank plays on donnie throughout the process of the film where it makes donnie feel like he's seeing through the world he's like the kind of as you said like the smart dude like the fucking yeah. every teenager wants to be like, like the... the guy who's different from everyone yeah but he's like ultimately being tricked by this this character of frank um for frank's own means because frank wants to see donnie get hurt and he wants to see these things occur right um so that's kind of the basic idea of the film uh, and the other note that I had, which I think will be the jumping off point for what we really want to talk about, is that um, this film threads the needle between, like, being a dumb, like, Despicables film, like a dumb kids film, and being, like, a highly intellectual, like, Mulholland Drive, like, you know, Inception level, like, what's going on? How do I, you have to, like, unpack it by right. watching it. So this kind of threads the line where it's just smarter than most teenagers' ability to perceive it that those that work it out feel smart. But it's also just dumb enough that you can solve it pretty quickly, so you feel like you've done something. Well, I think there's there's a lot of really interesting, just like straight like horror tropes in this film. Yeah, and talk, I think talk to me about that. Well, the apparently when this film was marketed, so this film came out in two thousand one, and so well, it it the had, first cut was two thousand, yeah, it, yeah. Wide cinema so, released so it it sort of it had like a festival run in like early two thousand one, and then had its theatrical run in. October two thousand and one. Yes, which and is... that was that was in that was in exclusive set places in like places like Hollywood. So, so October two thousand and one was what four weeks after nine eleven. That was so a big thing where it was very. They had to cut all of the marketing down we because they had to cut all the marketing down because the crux of the film was a plane crashing into yeah, a house. It got a lot of shit for it at the time. So. The they sort of re they sort of shifted around the marketing and just turned it into marketing it as oh it's a there's a there's a creepy bunny yeah it's the film it was marketed more as a horror film so everyone was like oh it's a horror film we're like it kind of is you know like they you think there's Halloween yeah you know it it centers around Halloween like the the climax of the film occurs during like Halloween there's like a there's like a big party when the then the parents are away and it's like gets out of hand or obviously gets out of hand you know like the the main character has sex I don't know that's a horror trope there's a creepy bunny like it has elements to it yeah if if this was like you know like smiley face or something like that it's the same film Mm -hmm. you know they you know they're in the there's 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 a few like mirror shots where he like closes the the bathroom they don't fuck with it because it's not a horror film but but there's elements like it's it's full of so many like horror tropes and you know like the references to psycho the fact that she's reading stephen king's it at the start of the film like the time travel stuff like if the interest that kelly had in stephen king oh it's so evident it's so obvious that he's you know yeah even like you know the donnie himself does the uh the kubrick smile throughout the entire film there's like there's it's it's filled with um Oh, what's his name? The pre-Kubrick sort of horror. Uh, what's his name? Big film, like yeah. early black and white film. Yeah, yeah. Psycho, you know. Yes. You, like, it's got a lot of that. Like, it's... The film itself is like an homage to horror films. You're looking up the name of yeah, probably I've... one of the most influential directors of all time. Yeah. Um, it starts with H, I think. <laughs> Hitchcock. Hitchcock, yeah. yeah. It's... 
like there's so much to this film that is like it you know it's it's sort of like a strangest thing kind of situation yeah. yeah yeah it it feels to me it's got kids riding bikes in the 80s well, like it's yeah th- that's it's, yeah it speaks and that goes to that quote that we we read from kelly at the start which talks about the fact that like he very deliberately said and you can see this from his later films and sometimes to their detriment that kelly's obsession was like this is a specific thing in a specific time trying to do a like trying to achieve something very specific Donnie Darko feels like, because it's his first film, it felt less um, obtuse and, like, less trying to achieve something. Right. So, one of my issues with the film, because, so, like, the meaning of the film tends to vary based on how you read it. Like, a meta reading of this film is that, like, it's about the way that we consume stories. Like, there's a whole really interesting, like, if you go on the internet, there's a whole thing about, like, the way that uh, Frank communicates narratives and ideas to... The character of Donnie is like reminiscent of like the kind this kind of like post Reagan anxiety, um, where America was in a pretty good place. Like things were going pretty okay. They got that Reagan post Reagan for them. Yeah, yeah, and like America was pretty good, and it led to this like existential crisis within Middle America and like Upper Middle America, where a lot of t- you see this like in a lot of Stephen King, especially like Stranger Things kind of era stuff, where. There's this expression by a lot of the kids that they feel this existential dread. They're, like, trapped in their, like, middle-class life. There's, like, a sense of weird impending doom. And this this takes that literally and it goes, what if you knew the world was going to end? Like, it's, yeah. it's, a, um, it's a play on that idea of, like, the obsess... Like, everyone else is obsessive about their world. Like, all of the other characters are obsessives. They've all got a vice they use to, like, deal with being in this white suburban life like you know there's the dance troupe and the the pedophile like consumes that that adult content <laughs> just just casually consumes yeah and like child pornography like the yeah, mother sure. smokes and like there's a whole bunch of things that are in that that the other characters have a coping mechanism but donnie doesn't and that's why he's able to like see through the existential dread and see right. like the future you know doom coming that's like one reading that has been really popular on the internet but like it just feels lazy to me to be like yeah I don't know. It's everyone else is so shallow, it's but Donnie's the smartest thing, guy in the room, which I never buy. It's like Rick and Morty again. Every right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the, like clearly the text, like that's the text, but the subtext is like, what a dumb way to live. Well, yeah, my like my my sort of reading coming out of the film was sort of a uh, it. I got some weird sort of like thirteen reasons why, thirteen reasons why mm-hmm. feelings, not from a. Like, you know, because that, that series is pretty shit. Mm-hmm. But from the perspective of it, it sort of has... So, Donnie ostensibly commits suicide. Like, he... he well, cons- he, sa- he sacrifices himself, but it is suicide. Yeah, you know, like, you know, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, What's the what if question, right? What if yeah. I did kill myself? And it's... And it's... Yeah, and so there's the, the film, you know, you see... Well, you see one of the sort of sides, you know, you see the side of when he's sort of still alive yes. in this sort of timeline where he does have the love and the where where he ha- well where he's go- well where he's going down the path where he has frank where he continues down having schizophrenia and having these yes. delusions and all these things that happen and continuing down the path of burning houses yeah and you see the outcomes of that which is you know someone he likes dies he kills someone else yeah. he burns down a house wait he- hang on but you think that frank was real when he shoots him with the gun you think that actually happens because this is a big when point he, of contention on the internet when he when he shoots Frank in the eye, right? So the cop, you know, and then, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You think that happens? Because yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think it happens. I don't see. Okay, I don't see. A v- I think if you if you if you take away the 
if you just if you ascribe just this the the fact that he sees Frank the actual like the 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 hallucination Frank the without the mask yeah, and he the has the fucked up eye. If yeah. you just take that as you know when you're like asleep and you're having a dream, yeah. And I get this sometimes where like in my dream I'll know I'll be like, oh my alarm is about to go off, and then like five seconds you, later my yeah. alarm goes off. Yeah. But that's just your brain kind of preempting doing time travel. Yes, but that's I that's, just describe it to that on a longer time. That's interesting. Of like he's he has the perception that ah oh, when I was at the movie theater, yeah, I saw him with the eye because he's already shot him. My and he kind of just ascribes he just sort of adjusts his memory like he's an un, he's an right. he's I'm an unreliable right. narrator. My so arg- like yeah, I I can see what you're saying. My only argument against that, not even from like a logic perspective, but just from like a thematic one, is there's a scene where Frank touches uh, Donnie's eye, like the same eye that he gets shot in. Right. later on um and for me i was like well that's symbolic of like the, oh when, it, when he's when he's like when it shows them all yeah it to me that spoke to a level of like maybe the whole point of it is that it's not that frank is real or that any of this is going to happen it's that this frank apparition whether it's brought on by this the the um schizophrenia and obviously in the director's cut it's very explicitly oh, they, a hallucination, yeah. which completely ruins the whole film. Yeah. Um, but it's like whether or not that's a hallucination doesn't really matter because the outcome was kind of always going to be the same. Like whether or not Frank is real and is driving that car. Yeah. Like, so, do you know what I mean? Like, so uh, continuing my reading. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so that we 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 have this idea of what happens mm-hmm. when he isn't dead, mm-hmm. um, and then in you know in thirteen reasons why the the crux of that f- series is like. She kills herself and just creates like a rev- like a series of revenge tapes. I honestly, I honestly, the first time you said that, I was thinking of ten things I hate about you, and I was like, yeah. "How is he going to connect these?" You mean the the recent Netflix series? Thirteen Reasons Why. The not not Netflix- not the no. rom com from the nineties. No, 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 no the one, one where she like kills herself and leaves like a series of tapes, I was, just I was, ruining people's lives. I was like ready for you to connect those dots. No, no, yes, no. you're right. Sorry. I'm yeah. So that same page. That series is like yeah, it's like su- like revenge suicide, and that film was kind of like. Is that how you read that? Have you the? I don't know if it's revenge suicide. Which well, she, she she like leaves behind a series of tapes. It's yeah, just like it this has is similarities. Which she's like, just, I, I just think this is one of the reasons why I kill myself because you made my life shit. Yeah, I th- I think from at least from season a, one from a reading perspective, it's just, I just don't want to like give anyone <laughs> the impression that that show is about revenge suicide because it's it's not about revenge yeah. suicide but i know but what you it, mean it, it has similarities it, yeah it kind of it deals with suicide as a form of what and the outcomes of suicide yes. and, okay. and like a, like a like, so and it uses time travel as well what, from, from a from a film perspective like you travel back and forth in time oh it uses like flashbacks and stuff yeah, yeah sure. which is what these films use very similar techniques just so one of them is explicitly time travel. so when he when donnie does actively go and sort of you know he kills himself mm-hmm. i'm gonna say it um you're sort of it's like okay on the surface it's like okay those bad things don't happen like he doesn't burn down the house he doesn't flood the school like he doesn't you know his his mum doesn't get killed as well in the plane crash because she was in the so you know it yeah because there, there's Laura actually explained this to me after but there's actually a chain of events where like he doesn't flood the school so sh- the 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 teacher the English teacher doesn't get fired yep. the the um the crazy church lady so the the pornography isn't found so he isn't sort of indicted so she doesn't start like the crusade to get him out of jail the crazy church lady so she goes on the plane and we assume and so she's on the plane when it crashes not the mother which i guess you know swings around about yeah um there's always collateral yeah so like and you know the the love interest doesn't die and 
yep. he doesn't get shot in the eye, blah, blah, blah. But there's like, there's also some other big things where it's like, like my sort of takeaway was that it was like, yeah, all these good things happened, except for the fact that you've left behind this fucking destroyed family, which is very evident by the end of the film. Yeah. The pedophile gets away, gets away, who's also currently like in very close ties with the person who runs an all-girls dance troupe. Yeah, the spark. What do they call the sparkle? The fucking, I don't know, the sparkle dance shit. Um, so it's, it's a like, really great name. You know, extrapolate that. You get <clears throat> problems. <clears throat> you know, like, it's... Sparkle even- motion is what the dance trip is called. That, the, that line where it's like, sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle, sparkle motion, motion cracks me up every time. <laughs> yeah. This film is so funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, there's... Even though he's, like, you know, he's prevented all these bad things from happening... There's still a lot of really bad shit it, that goes on because yeah. he doesn't because he doesn't intervene. Do you think then the film is trying to say, just from like that reading, which I I I like it more than the meta reading, which is like trying to say something about cinema. Do you think that <laughs> every film says something about cinema? <laughs> no, that's not it's, true. It's, cinema says things about cinema. That's like not it's true. The Despicables Two is not about cinema. <laughs> yes, um, it is. You not. could you could make it about cinema. I could try. We <laughs> yeah. might. Um, actually, I do like that film. Uh, f- so from that perspective, from that reading, like, do you think that this film is that? Because it's about like teen X. Like this film yeah. tricked a bunch of like edgy into filmmaking teens into being interested in like drama, and like it's a film about like drama and trauma. Like it really yeah. is. It's about like growing up and the trauma. Of it's not a up. yeah. It's like it's not a horror film. It's ostensibly a rom com, like... but it's really well written. It's not a um, rom com. Well, it's a rom. Sure, it's pretty funny. It's a funny film. It's a... It's, it's very... Uh, it's sorry. A, um, it's, it's a Shakespearean... Um, it's darkly comedic. Yeah, so it's Shakespeare. Although I will say, when when I was young and I saw this, I was like, this is so cool and so fucking edgy. <laughs> and when I watched it this time, I was like rolling my eyes at a lot of it. <laughs> so like, lame, um, yeah. When he's like... Why, he's, he goes, why are you wearing that rabbit? What's the line? He's, why are you wearing that rabbit suit? And he goes, why are you wearing that human suit? Or whatever the line is. Yeah. When I was like... You're like so I was, like, deep 16, and I was like, dude... But now Only it's like human suits do. But now I'm like, come it's on. really dumb. <laughs> God, but like it still has it. But that's what you feel like when you're a teenager. Yeah, this is a film. This is for like teenagers. this is this is I'm 14 and this is deep. The right, film. and that's yeah. really. But the cool thing about it is it prompted me. I mean, I think it's like an anecdote, but it prompted me to like be interested in why I was like engaged with it. And I don't know that it has like a deeper level. Like, sure, you know. There's no real subtext. That's what I when I had to start when I said it's complicated but not complex. Well, it's, it's like the narrative is complicated, but there's no complex themes being explored. Well, it's, it's quite straightforward. Especially if you watch the director's cut, the Ooh. the complexity goes up and the subtext just disappears because yeah. it just explains the film. The editor saved it basically. Yeah, and it's like you know they explain what. Wait, I wonder who edited because we could get him to re-edit the Dark Tower. Um. <laughs> like, like I when I was sort of doing my again very brief research, I came across this guy who just explained the film entirely based on things that are present within the director's cut, which again, I didn't see. And I'm glad I didn't see it because that reading was really boring. It's like, Donnie is like, Donnie is, so Donnie is a time traveler. Frank is also a time traveler. Right. Everyone's a time traveler. And you're like, really? It's like, yeah, it's in the book. Yeah, it lacks any interest. So in the the book he gets, the philosophy of time travel, which they only briefly show the inside of in regards to the- In the the director's cut. In the director's cut, they literally read the entire book. Yeah. And it it just don't read the director's cut of this fucking oh, film. God. It, don't read, don't watch it. Don't do yeah, anything. Just with don't it. like yeah. the theatrical cut is fine. It's on Netflix. It's the good one. 
Yeah. Which is nice. As it's, opposed it's to nice like, usually Netflix always gets the, usually the director's cut's better. I was trying to work out um, why this film, so no, you go ahead, because I'll, I'll touch on this. Normally again. the director's cut is better and it's, and yeah. Netflix never has it, but this time you've, you've, you saved yourself. Netflix has the good one. Yeah. You're, you're, um, you're welcome. Internet. You're welcome everyone else. So thanks Netflix. Do you think that like that being the case that this was kind of saved in the editing bay and that the, like, it's so Ooh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, I, I feel like. Well, it's, like, is that a correct read? Like, because this is my concern. Like, especially with like meeting stuff. Like, we talk about Bojack. Is a lot. the edit like the director's edit? Is that is that yeah, you know the way it was meant to be, and therefore so the correct? One of the criticisms answer. we get a lot with like our interpretations, especially at Bojack, and it's one of the reasons I think people like them the most is they have right. a level of like subjectivity because of the way that show is made. Where like we engage with different themes personally because they relate to us yeah. personally. Whereas I think with this film. Because there isn't enough subtext to it. Like, Bojack has a lot going on under the mm, hood. Yeah. This is very much... There's, like, three readings, and you pick one of them, <laughs> yeah. right? Do you think that because there is a director's cut that is utter nonsense, <laughs> that it, like... I don't know. Like, I feel bad about, like, trying to recommend this to people, because I feel like it makes you feel like you're being smarter than you are when you watch it, and you come out of it, and you're like, oh... This was pretty straightforward, it turns out. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, the easy solution to that is to watch the director's cut. Right, and then but it I just turns into to. another bit. Yeah, it's not, a, my brain. not as good a film. It'd yeah. be terrible. Yeah. So, okay. They, uh, so, like, let's pretend that we're just talking about the. <clears throat> that being said, like, let, let, okay, let's say the director's cut. I haven't cut seen is, the director's cut. So, you know, I, to me, it's just. I watched f- half of it and. Oh, I yeah. Couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just. It's like, unbearable. I've, like, to me, it's just. Uh, to me, it is basically a fan theory. So, as an know. example, like, the surrealist elements of the actual film that are interesting, like, when the, um... I don't know if it's... A, I can't remember. It's, like, a spear or something is embedded in the statue, or, uh... If it's a... I can't remember what... Or an axe. The, something uh, just after the, the fire or the flood, I the, think. What he floods after in the, the, flood. the axes in the head and, of the and, dog. And he goes, there's no way that could happen. That's pure bronze or whatever. In the director's cut, it's explained that people who travel through time sometimes get superpowers. And that Donnie was just real strong. I wish you didn't tell me that. Right. It ruins it. It ruins it right? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it ruins it. I knew it. he had powers like being over but the sea. The, there. But, but the point of it is that you question whether that's actually <laughs> happening, not that he has superpowers. I would have, pro- yeah, I like to me, the, the axe in the head is just a really dumb throwaway gag. I thought it was throwaway because they don't call back to it. You know, I was I was half expecting when they show the shot of uh what's her name? The um the the Asian girl. The one minority, I can't remember her name. Yeah, the one. Yeah, in the Sparkle Dance um, trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, she's she's the one that's dancing as like the the angel before the dance trip. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Her. Um, she's like when she's like sitting at the bulldog and it it like cuts to a pan out to like a wide shot. I was like, I'm so sad that the axe still isn't in the right. dance. I wish they just left it there. Well, but it's like, but again, I like, mean, that's just didn't happen. Know. Like, a, yeah. and, and in the they got actual, it out, I guess. Yeah, in the actual text, you're like, huh? But how would they get it out? Like, you, like, because they're like, how did they get it in there? Yeah. Like, there's those questions generate interest as a as a watcher, where you're like, what the fucking shit is happening? Yeah, and when there are no responses, when there's no not responses, when there is no explanation to it, it yes. becomes a case of like, okay, well then it it's it kind of it puts a little interest, you know, it adds right. a, just a spark of like maybe something, maybe this scene isn't the way it is presented. Yeah, maybe it's, this it's like is- Inception light. Where yeah. like you know that that uh, the ending of Inception everyone is raving about all the time where it's like was it a dream was it not and you go back through the film and you try and work out thematically how that happened like and you right. go well we, you know yeah, this that and the other this is, this for me is a the a kids lo- were the totem this is like less pretentious because so like that film 
don't well, it's know. not I, like it, I, I i don't like i don't like films that when you go through and you like you have to like treasure hunt for details that to me is the laziest fucking thing like that's so lazy filmmaking whereas with this it's like it's it's about thematic it's like it this, doesn't this matter film whether... doesn't end on like a long shot of the axe in the head yes. like it just the there's the axe in the head and then it's much then they get it out <laughs> what the, just zoom in on yeah. that dog <laughs> yeah. i don't know but like yeah i i think that like people talk about like nolan as being this kind of luminary of this style of like uh introspective deep cinema confusing cinema but it's confusing <laughs> and you have to watch inception eight times to understand it and when you do get the big bucks right when you get do, the money bums and seats the worst part is when you do you're like oh it's not that complicated i was just trying to look for details instead of reading the themes and i feel like this is a good example of a film that can kind of do both um but i wanted to talk really quickly about something that i dug up during my research which okay. is um i touched on it earlier which is this idea of like why are there crows i don't what's wah, happening wah, 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 are we in a graveyard wah, wah. That's going to come up on the audio, and I can't do anything about it. I can't shoot birds. It's a crime in Australia. <laughs> yeah, they're Also, protected. I don't have a gun. Um, because <laughs> I could get one. Because it's a yeah. crime in Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's also a crime. Uh, so we touched before on this fact, on this idea that like this happened in this happens in like a post-Reagan uh, America. Post or like during... Because there's the scene well, where... This, this is well early 80s. This 83. He said 83, right? 83 or 88. Um, 80 something. I should know um, that. That was part of my research. Because there's, well, there's that scene where that the father is watching the TV, which, and he's like commenting, and I f- think Reagan is on the screen. I, I, f- oh no, it's like one of the Bushes. It's the OG Bush. Yeah. Um, so, which post Reagan? Which is post Reagan. I, I found that scene really funny because I was like, this would be really good characterization if I knew who any of those politicians were. It, it works really well if, <laughs> this, if you understand yeah, who if those politicians are. Yeah. Yeah. You want, like, that's like the equivalent of like now, like him watching like Trump versus Hillary and being like, "Wait, is he like? Because he's like super right wing, isn't he? Is he? He's like lower taxes." Who he though? Yeah. The father. Because no, he, uh, yeah. he made a comment at the dealer table where he's just like, "I'm sick of lower taxes." Yes, and I no, think you're they right. Characterize yeah, yeah, yeah. the 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 um her the daughter as being like the older daughter is just being like a bit more a bit of a hippie. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, as being economically sound you fucking right. idiots um yeah so like yeah it's like if it was like yeah. trump and hillary so, and being like Meh, get her trump that I, th- kind of I, th- thing. I think the the better okay the, the better interpretation of this is obama's just gotten reelected, right so right. america is patting themselves the fuck on the back and things are going pretty well and everyone is like in this state of things are pretty good and middle America is kind of internally screaming with this existential crisis of like, things are going too well. Why are I unhappy? And that's kind of, that's this film. It's, it's, it's right. the same expression of that where it's like this kind of heightened sense of like middle class America, upper middle class America, like being fine. And all of these characters struggling through that system. So something that I wrote down, which I was, this was a note that I made during the film is that we talked about it before, but I don't want to kind of delve deeper into it because I want to hear your perspective on this. Oh, no. Um, Perspectives. So everyone else has coping mechanisms in the society except for Donnie, right? So everyone is, like, looking at this trauma of this really happy middle America where, like, the pedophile is allowed to get away and, you know, Donnie is allowed to suffer because the parents don't know what to do with it. And, yeah. you know, the, the, um, the physics teacher is basically, like... No, the physics teacher. Uh, who prescribes the, the controversial book? <laughs> physics teacher uh, the physics teacher yeah she uh she's punished for what no uh oh the uh, the, sorry that's yeah the there's english, so many books in that's this the english teacher right? yeah so the english teacher is reading yeah. the destructors and she's punished the physics that, teacher too- gives him the book yeah. so on she's time travel the english teacher is punished for a controversial novel um it, it becomes controversial because of donny of the flooding, flooding the right? school yes yeah, yeah. um but those don't have correlation in real life if a school gets flooded right. 
and uh, the book that you prescribed has oh, flooding in it. I yeah. can see why that correlation is drawn, but like they don't have any basis in reality. Um, so what I'm interested in with this particular, like, especially like as an adult watching this, like when I was younger, I was like, this fucking thing is deep dog. But now I watch it and I'm like, man, the adults are kind of all the worst. Like as a kid, yeah. you're like you're like these fucking squares. But as an as a grown up, you're like, man, I get where they're all coming from. Well, like, and I could see myself being any of them. Yeah, like the- all of the like the I f- I found the um the mother Don uh Donnie's mother. Like her acting was just phenomenal, just because she got so many time, so many opportunities to just play just the stunned astonishment whenever she had interactions with the uh the sort of very religious lady. Was just- that that was. Uh, was that was Rose, wasn't it? Rose Darko? Or I believe is it the so. Sister? I think that's the sister. Anyway, yeah. the the mother, like she, like you know, every time she had a conversation with the uh, the religious teacher, she was just just the stunned look, the on her shock, face. just like I can't believe her you're acting this is to my incredible. Face. Oh, in this film insanely good. I know that everyone in this film is good, but like hers holy is shit. hers is a bar. Hers is like top tier. Yeah. Um, yeah, hers and the the English teacher I feel are like probably the best in this film. Um, and like the the English teacher when she's talking to the uh the uh, principal and he's like, "I'm sorry that you failed." I was like, "Oh my yeah. god, this film!" There is some writing in this that <laughs> is incredible. Yeah, and like I mean, obviously, like Jake Gyllenhaal does an incredible job in this, and like as a, of- as a as, like what like a 25 year old pretending to be a high schooler, classic 80s film. <laughs> he wasn't that old, really. He looks very old in this. That's because he's always looked old. Yeah, um, it's kind of like and casting Brad Pitt in anything. Seth looks about 30. Seth Rogen is it? Seth Rogen, Seth Green, not um. Seth Green. The weed guy. He's the guy who talks. He's in all the weed films. The marijuana. The marijuana that boy. That does sound like Seth Rogen. It's Seth Rogen. He's in this film. He's he? uh. He's the um. You know the bully, like the crazy one. Well, that was like. Well, that was during. Um, that's he's like his friend. That was during uh freaks and geeks. So that sounds right. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Seth Rogen's. In I'm this gonna film. control. Um, Seth. And he's he's okay in it, <laughs> but like yeah, like all of the yeah, characters. Yeah, Ricky Danforth. Yeah, yeah. the friend. Like. Yeah, all the ca- all the 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 adults in particular. Yeah, yes. in this film, was probably the most interesting part of the film. I I agree, but I think as a teen, you find Donnie the most interesting because you think like that's what you're talking about with the suicide thing is like you think that that stuff is really engaging as a teen because it's like yeah. the kind of like what if you were this like edgy kind of this alternate version of reality. Well, yeah, and then Whereas, like l- as a grown up, you look back and you go, man, the adults in this are really struggling. And there's like the. And the, yeah, the film really does pander to that kind of like <clears throat> pseudo intellectual teenager thing, especially like I the scene where he's ranting about the um the the Smurfs. Yeah, is like like that's so <clears throat> I don't know how to put it. That's like just stereotypically like Rick. It's, no, <laughs> like know, right, it's, like it's, it's, it sounds like a satirical <clears throat> bit that Bo Burnham would do in his stand up. Yeah, where he'd be like, As, like "Can you believe the Smurfs?" and like be doing a like a play up of something where he um, yeah that kind of like super ingrained and like trying fanatical to about something yeah where it's just like oh, like what's the point of life well it's more where he's like he just has like such a deep knowledge about the smurfs right we're on like, like the surface you're like huh it's so wacky and weird but right. then it's like, yeah, like where does it you're, go you're, like, you're, <laughs> you're, it's like intellectualism for the sake of it yeah and that bother- like i think this one was a good example of like how you can do that without being really obtuse like because we it done- wasn't too bad well, because I, I mean, it's I guess like he is sort of drinking. I don't know. The there's a lot of weird sort of scenes in this film. Yeah, I, I, the do you, do sort you... of one thing I saw was he the um 
the sort of reference to the fact that the uh, the three sort of vices that uh, Jim Cunningham refers to as like like drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol, premarital sex, and Donnie does all three of those. Yes, he doesn't like drugs. Is a bit. <laughs> I think the drugs one is a bit funny because the that's a comment on like American pharmaceuticals. Well, no, right? I think I think that well, you could say that, especially but... post Reagan. Like that has no that that's not my accidental. Re- <laughs> well, no, my reading from that was when he takes when he, he gets the cigarette off one of his friends at the start of this film, and his friend is like, "Man, this is some good shit." And he's just like, "Dude, it's just a cigarette." Right. Like they were trying to make it weed. But because they're teenage kids, it's think- just like, dude, it's just a cigarette. Actually, no, that's interesting, <laughs> though, because I think that the fa- like that scene especially solidifies Donnie as not being a fuckboy. Like, so in in modern context, oh, and right, like the- if, if you were trying to create a teen icon that you could, or like a, a teen template that any guy and any girl who's like intellectually engaged but hasn't quite realized themselves is, is going to like identify with, Make the guy who it. goes... Just a fucking cigarette, dude. That's the guy that you like associate with, right? <laughs> right. He's not the guy who's like smoking's cool. He's the postmodern version. He's the guy he's, like, who's like he smokes because it's cool, but it, it's not cool. Yeah, like he vapes now because it's ironic. <laughs> like he's like that. Like that's that's what that's what that <laughs> right, is, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy to me. Like if you and that's what fucking Kelly was talking about in that quote at the start. Like the film is timeless because those elements aren't tied to moments in time. They're just tied to dumb teenagers. Yeah, every teen goes through that. Every teen is like this kind of... We all go through that phase where we're like, why do my parents watch The Bachelor? It's so fucking boring and dumb. (laughs) I'm like, you ask them why they like it, and they go, oh, because I can turn my brain off and it's senseless. But like as a teen, you're so you're like, interested I'm gonna in go play my video games. Yeah, you want to be so fucking like engaged and interesting that you forget that like it's fine to be the mother who is just trying to keep a fucking family together, right? And like just wants her kids to be happy. And I I don't know, like I think as a kid, like I really I really liked this. Like I started your place, and I was like really in like intensely interested in why I liked it. <laughs> I did not care about this film when I was young. Right, but then what? I, well, I did because I was like I thought it was intellectual and it, i think it i think i hadn't hit that age yet i think i was just a little bit two years was like too a, much of too yeah, much of a baby boy it was a, it was a bit early yeah but then looking back at it now like i can see why it, this film has a real texture to it uh like you know those those uh ramping shots where they time ramp like it goes into the slow motion like Zack snyder style um that was all done with film not digital that's cool um they they literally like changed the real speed and shot those <laughs> in real time it's wow. not digital and you think about that stuff and you go wow like that's why the film feels so real, is there isn't an element to it that feels disingenuous. Except for the really, really bad CG. Oh, I'm very I'm very sad that this film came out after The Matrix, because, oh man, they have not aged well. It didn't, um, it turns out, uh, much like The Phantom Menace, um, computer graphics were uh, not really up to par as they are now. <laughs> Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, the no, CG is so bad. the CG is horrendous. Yeah, but um, every like all the practical effects check out, and like a lot yeah. of it was practical. A lot of it is practical, but then when there's it's a CG effect, <laughs> no, but it means you can tell. It's like watching Blubber. You remember Blubber? I don't. The whole film was just mostly blubber. for Robin Williams' credit. I try yeah. to recall it because he <laughs> deserves better. Yeah. Um, we have to wrap this up, but I like this film for me as a way to start meaning month. <laughs> Meaning Month has a nice. It's a good. Assonance. It's a good wanky film to start Meaning yeah, Month with because I think that it's something that's trying to be like trying to thread that needle between being like super cinema and like just normal and accessible. Right. And I feel like that's kind of what we're interested in is stuff that actually has something to say. And I'm <clears throat> terrified of 
BoJack Horseman season five. Oh fuck the tra- me! The, there's a one minute I, trailer that came out today, and I wasn't. I haven't watched it, but there's a GIF that I oh, saw, no. and it's just BoJack waking up and groaning ex- existentially. <laughs> and I was like, "That's a lady." Like, yeah, I don't need to see the rest of the trailer. Um, I don't what? want to see the trailer. I saw the trailer for season four in it. I was like, and before I saw season four, I was like, eh. yeah, kind of like mulled me a bit. I was like, eh, I'm not excited anymore. Right. I kind of gave it away. So I'm not going to watch this one. That's fair. Um, I think next week we're doing Hotline Miami. Um, yeah, totally. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We figured it out. Well, I, we did speak about this earlier. Like one or two. My plan, uh, the first one, because it's yeah. all I can play because of Australia. I haven't. Yeah. Yeah, actually. <clears throat> um, and we're going to talk about- To be about, fair, like, the developers did say just pirate our game. Yeah, which is fair. We're going to talk about like the way that that kind of portrays some of the ideas of like capitalism and violence Woo! and stuff. It's going to be exciting. Fun. Um, so join us for that next week. I'm trying to do a thing where like we're more cognizant and we can tell people to play or do the thing before we talk about it. That way they can- Check it out. Oh, so. yeah. Actually give people a fucking heads up. Well, time. it turns out the show is produced now, so I got to get my shit together. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next week, Hotline Miami. Uh, and then the week after, we're kind of... That's limbo because we're about to do BoJack the week after that. Mm. So, we'll let you know when we know about that. But BoJack is going to be the end of the month, the last episode of Meeting Month. Um, Can't wait to have my heart ruined again. The fifth time. I was doing pretty okay this week. Yeah. I feel like it's... been all right. I'm going to get but, uh, crushed whee! by that. Yeah. So, look forward to that. Um... But do you have any uh, recommendations for this week? What do you got? I do. So, uh, there's this Netflix series called Agretsuko. Agretsuko. It's uh, it's Japanese. It's it's kind of anime, but it's not. <clears throat> it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, it is anime. It's about a um, <clears throat> a red a red panda. Everyone's animals. Who is just like lives just like a working life in in a uh, in Japan like a businesswoman frustrated with a thankless office job. Retsuko the Red Panda copes with her daily struggles by belting out death metal karaoke after work. So that's, like, that's the show. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, the trailer and, like, that's the blurb. But the, the show is actually about, like, the struggles of being a woman in, like, the 21st century working environment combined with also being single in the 21st century working environment. Mm-hmm. And, it's and like, the, the metal, the heavy metal thing is just, like, sort of like it's, it's the it's the card game in Yu-Gi-Oh. Like it's just sort of the thing on this it's a bad example because Yu-Gi-Oh is all the card game. It's the, it's the uh, fighting in Dragon Ball Z. It's the No, it's the dialogue in Dragon Ball Z. It's <laughs> it's the non-fighting. It's the story it's in there, Dragon Ball it's Z. The story, it's the story in Dragon Ball Z. And it's it's like it's like 10 episodes each episode is like 15 minutes. No, so it's it literally list, like yeah. it's like 150 minutes total. Like you can watch it in the night and it like her boss is a pig who is like really sexist. Like Already it's good. like it's and it's just it's just a good time. It's I think it's probably one of the best sort of like most interesting representations of like working as a female. Which Laura tells me this again. I'm not I'm not a female working, but La- what was watching with Laura and she was just like, this is this all is actually quite this yeah. is actually quite accurate. Um, so yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, nice. It's on Netflix. Um, speaking of Netflix, I've been watching Magic of hu- Magic for Humans on Netflix. It's just like a. Um, so it's just like mag- is it just like a Magic the Gathering tutorial, like for humans? Oh, that'd be so. As good. opposed it's to not, like for it's um centaurs. It's this guy who just goes around. He's just like a normal magician, but he just like a like a street. No, like illusion. a Darren Brown style dude. Okay, so right? like magic magician, yeah. not like illusion. Uh it's a bit of both. Chris Chris Rock. He's not he's, mind freak. Wait, Chris Rock Chris mind Angel. freak. Chris Angel mind Chris freak. Chris Rock mind freak. <laughs> no, he's just like a chill dude. But the best part about it is like it's to make people happy. And it's just really oh. wholesome. And 
it's just really nice. And I watched like five episodes last night because it was so nice. Yeah. Um, I'm looking through. I'm trying to see what else I've been doing. Like I've, I've kind of. It's not been a lot. That's it. I nearly finished Darkest Dungeon. We talk about Jesus that Christ. all the fucking time. Um, <laughs> highly recommend that. Get a get a hobby, David. I have nearly one. told you to get a job, but if, it's, it's probably a bit too real. Yeah, it's rude. <laughs> uh, no, I did watch the um, the Batman and Harley Quinn animated oh, film, yeah. which just came out on Netflix. Yeah, it the writing is shockingly good, but uh, the execution is a bit lacking. Shockingly shocking. Yeah, it's not great, but good. it's the writing's really good. Like right. the dialogue is almost smart. I probably won't watch it. No. Uh, I wouldn't, but it's, you know, it's possibly fine. Um, but recommendations aside, where can people find us if they wanted to follow us and support us? Facebook. DCM Works Social. YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCM Works. Twitter. Uh, you can put the URL between my hands. Oh, at DCM underscore works. Patreon. Patreon.com slash DCM Works. By David's book, MainArtTrick.com. All right, that's all we have to do. All right, see you next week. Wow. I, I don't know if I like if I like you taking over the outro. You kind of I need to do my podcast voice and try and sell things. And no, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta do the actual outro. I forgot. We gotta um, plug our Twitter. Well, handles. I was just, the only thing I was gonna plug. Before I'm out we, little citrus. No, we're not we're okay. not done yet. Sorry. I have to do the plug. Right, sorry. I have to do the plug. Uh, the other thing that I was gonna plug is uh, if you are like watching this on iTunes, uh, li- listening to rather. Uh, and you want to review it, we're actually, uh, we've decided that we are contractually obligated to read those out on air if you do leave a review. Um, so if you do we've give decided. Us, so if you do give us a five-star rating, mind we, contract. we have to read it out on air on the show. Or Steve Jobs will come back and scream at us And you know how scary Ghosts is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you leave a review on iTunes, it does genuinely have out the show. And if you leave a comment on this episode of the Alfredo's podcast on YouTube with a review of the show... We will also read that out unless you use cuss words and I'll bleep those out. So, yeah. You bleep out their cuss words, but not ours. Not ours, because I can say cunt whenever I want. Exactly. They're on, you're on the fucking watch, mate. You guys so. aren't allowed to. Yeah, you PG, watch PG-13 in the, in the uh, chat. Yeah, and if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, our lowest tier is $3 a month. You, if you subscribe, you get access to a bunch of other content, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, audiobook stuff, all kinds of good uh, exclusive early access, whole bunch of things, over 60 episodes of our behind-the-scenes podcast, uh, Open to Suggestion. Uh, we got Interface Part 8 coming out this week, if I ever get it finished, because, boy, I've put some time into this one. I'm very excited for you guys to I'm hear excited it. as well, because I don't fucking hear them. Yeah, often, like, I put a lot of work into this. I hear the off. before, and then yeah. just a while later, yeah, I hear you do the after. The, you do the easy bit, and I do, like, 40 yeah. hours of work. Yeah, exactly. um, so look forward to that. Or if you've been enjoying our three-minute uh, kind of breakdown videos, editors pick videos. Uh, you get those about a week early on Patreon. So, uh, patreon.com slash DCMworks. Or if you just want to follow us individually, I'm at DCM. I hate pie. I'm at Little Citrus. And we will see you guys next week. You put your hand in my frame, so I put my hand in your frame. It's... Hang on. Ah. No. Oh, no, hang on. Do the ET thing. But, like, make the perspective weird. Ah. Ah.